Welcome to AFT in Action, a podcast for members of AFT Connecticut-affiliated local unions. We're approximately 30,000 working people in the public and private sectors, teachers and school support staff, nurses and healthcare workers, higher education faculty and public employees in nearly 90 unions across the state. The series provides a deeper dive into issues impacting our members and our movement as part of AFT Connecticut's engagement and communications efforts. Welcome back, sisters and brothers, to another episode of AFT in Action. I'm Jan Hockadell, the president of AFT Connecticut and the co-host of this latest discussion. For those of you who followed our last podcast, we changed it up a bit, so today we are returning to our traditional format. Joining me as co-host is Don Williams. Don is the executive director of Connecticut Education Association, otherwise known as CEA. And Don, if I am correct, you represent certified educators in over 160 local affiliates across the state. And I have to say, CEA has been among AFT's strongest labor allies, particularly in issues impacting teachers and public schools. You have served in your role as executive director for the past two years. And before that, you were a state senator in the General Assembly. And how long were you a legislator? Uh, well, from 1993 to 2014, so wow. you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad to have your public policy expertise here today. So welcome and thank you for joining me, Don. Thank you very much, Jan. Uh, it's very uh, thoughtful of you to have us on this podcast, a very important one with the state treasurer, and I want to thank you also for the partnership between AFT Connecticut and the CEA over the many years. So for this conversation, we're taking up the first part of what will be a, uh, two episodes focused on retirement security. Specifically, we plan to dig into our collective efforts to protect um, pensions, a topic that was suggested by Paul, one of our state employees. Today we're going to narrow the focus and look specifically at the Teachers Retirement System, or TRS. That's the Defined Benefit Retirement Plan, or Pension Plan, that educators in Connecticut participate in and contribute to. It's administered by the Teachers Retirement Board, or TRB. It's provided benefits to retired educators since 1939. Right, right. And the TRS has been making news for the past several years, mostly because of the so-called unfunded liability. And even though politicians created these problems generations ago, um, they've been causing headaches for today's elected officials. And worse, um, they've created a sense of insecurity among current and future retired educators. And plus, they provide ammo to special interest groups looking for any opportunities um, to undermine union members' voices. That's right. And what makes correcting the lack of adequate consistent pension funding in the past so critical for retirement security is the fact that it needed to be addressed in this past session. And that's why the leadership of CEA and AFT Connecticut have been so focused on solutions to address unfunded pension liability for more than a decade. So, to talk about the Teacher Retirement System, or TRS, and the latest efforts to shore up teachers' retirement security, we have invited Sean Wooden to join us. And Sean is the state treasurer, and he is responsible for managing the assets of the TRS, as well as the other five additional pension funds for the state and municipal employees. Plus, his staff oversees the Investment Advisory Council, or IAC, which includes representatives of both AFT Connecticut and CEA, and I'm proud to add, members of our Administrative and Residual Employee Unions, or A&R, are an important part of the Office of the State Treasurer. So, Sean, welcome to AFT in Action. We appreciate you making the time to answer our members' questions, and thank you for inviting Don and I to your office here in Hartford. Oh, it's great. It's great to be with you, and it's been great working with uh, both of your organizations since I've been sworn in. 
So before we tackle our members' questions, let's start the discussion um, by explaining the state treasurer's role in the teacher's retirement, um, which some listeners may not be familiar with. Can you provide an explanation, especially for non-educators, on the role of your office in overseeing the TRS? Sure. So overall, I serve as the principal fiduciary or the sole trustee for six state pension funds and nine state trusts. And so the TRS is one of those uh, pension systems, in fact, one of the most significant pension systems in which I oversee. And that's in two roles. One is having responsibility for managing or investing the assets and generating a return to make sure over a long period of time that funds will be available uh, for the retirement security of teachers, um, as well as I sit on the Teachers Retirement Board, which uh, oversees the pension system generally and the actuarial assumptions. Let's talk about the history of the unfunded liability in the teacher retirement fund. Oftentimes, that's not something that the news media focuses on. And can you provide some background on how we got here with the unfunded liability and specifically what led to that uh, so that we had to take action this this past year? Sure. And um, there have been various iterations of how the state and teachers have approached retirement security over the last 70 years or so. Um, But the, the biggest problem is that, and, and I think I heard one of you mention it earlier, right? This is no fault of, of teachers, right? Promises were made, a system was created uh, years ago, and politicians failed to honor those obligations and in in those promises that were made. That's one of the biggest reasons why we approach this moment now of the significant underfunding. In addition to that, the assumed rates of return, and this is how much that we assume we're going to generate on the investments have been, have been too high. And that is one of the top reasons why pension systems across the country are underfunded. So those two combined reasons uh, led us to this moment now. We were approaching uh, nothing short of a crisis. Uh, in 12 years, we were looking at a, a cliff of a $3.2 billion payment, annual payment uh, for the system. and and each of the years leading up to that 12-year mark, uh, a greater and greater amount of the state budget was going to be required. And the problem with that, uh, the big problem as I saw it, was that, one, it was unsustainable for our budget, so it was unrealistic. The state was never going to be in a position in 12 years to make that payment. Therefore, it led to greater insecurity and instability for the long-term viability of the teacher's retirement system. And so it was an imperative that we address it. And prior to coming to office, there have been some efforts, and we had a a viability commission. Um, They came up with different scenarios for a variety of reasons. Those were all problematic in and of themselves. Uh, But literally, um, yeah, there's no understatement. Literally, my second day in the office, this is what we began working on Mm -hmm. uh, because it was something that, you know, didn't know if we can get it done in the first legislative session, but, you know, with working closely with the governor and with OPM, working closely with AFT, CEA, we were able to get it done. Let's uh, now take a moment to uh, talk about the plan that you introduced, um, which directly answers Paul's question about what is being done to protect pensions. 
Can you share the details of the reforms that was developed by your office, the Lamont administration, AFT Connecticut, and CA, and how this will stabilize the TRS? Sure. So, so as I mentioned before, we were headed towards um, uh, a cliff or a spike in payments every year. And uh, mission number one was to level, right, rather than have this uh, diagonal line that's increasing, but to have level payments over a period of time. We did that by re-amortizing the uh, payments and essentially uh, refinancing, uh, getting another mortgage, uh, to put it in layperson's terms, uh, that and extending the payments out over another 17 years. That was the, the total amount of the extension. And in doing that, we were able to do several other things, which is have level payments. We were able to change the methodology. We use uh, the earlier methodology. It was very much backloaded. Um, now that's level. And uh, we were also able to change the assumed rate of return from 8% to 6.9% and to do it in an environment where it didn't throw our overall budget out of whack. Um, and, and I know, you know a great deal of sensitivity because of the discourse around this issue has been so focused on teachers, teachers' benefits, and you know, to some degree demonizing workers right. in connection with this. Uh, being able to make those uh, fiscally prudent changes with the assumed rate of return and to do it in a way that did not uh, have people misunderstand that it was teachers causing it, but to understand that it was just part of what we needed to do to right the ship, uh, that was very helpful. You've only been treasurer since January, and uh, I'm very uh, pleased that you hit the ground running um, you didn't kick the can down the road on this. Um, you addressed an issue that needed to be addressed. You put together a plan, and then you got it through the legislature. And, uh, you know, we really want to thank you for that. And uh, I want to ask you that for those who didn't think we had to do this or we could keep putting it off, um, what are your thoughts about what could have happened? What, we, what was the problem with ignoring this? and having those payments grow year by year by year, as you just described. I was on the campaign trail. Uh, when this issue would come up, the first thing I would say is, you know, when, you, when you're in a hole, stop digging. And, and I felt like politicians in, in our state have just been digging and digging and digging. So that, that was mission number one, stop digging here. And by not taking action, we were effectively digging ourselves deeper and deeper into a hole for a longer period of time. Um, the uh, action would have been taken, but we would be, you know, several years from now, we would be in a worse position because of it. Uh, this, this solution, and obviously I'm very invested in, in the solution that we came up with, um, and as I told a member of the, or the legislative committee, I thought it was very elegant. Uh, because some of the other proposals required, you know, paying off the, and we haven't talked about these pension obligation bonds issued in 2008, which were a real impediment to the state's flexibility to address this issue. And part of, part of this proposal addressed that by creating, creating a teacher's retirement uh, fund, special capital reserve fund, TRF SCARF. 
And by creating that and using something that we was not promised, or in fact, we know it's not going to be available a year from now, a surplus, or we, we, we didn't think it would be available three years from now, but using this moment in time, I thought it was important to strike while the iron was hot out of the what was projected at that time. It's gone up since a 500 plus million surplus, setting aside 381 million of that into a reserve fund. So we actually have a solution here where we're not spending we're not spending more money. We're putting it in a reserve to deal with our problem with bondholders into essentially an insurance fund to make sure that they get paid off every penny exactly when they expect to be paid off and giving us the flexibility to restructure this, this fund for the long term. So if we, if we did nothing, we were going to lose our moment right now to, to actually put this system in place um, and having that surplus available and still be on a course where we didn't have it figured out years from now and still have budget pressures today, right? Because this proposal also created, uh, I believe it was, it's about $9 billion over five years um, and an additional budget flexibility. And that's just for critical services that people need today. Sean, if I may, um, let's revisit the history again um, to answer another of my members' questions. Margaret is a retired educator from West Hartford, and she asked about the political benefits of the plan. Can you share how the reamortizing the funds addresses the legacy of the past politicians um, failing to live up their promises to Connecticut educators and the taxpayers? Sure. So, so it's interesting. We talked about kicking the can down the road, and some people actually accused this proposal of doing that, mm -hmm. right? When right. the irony of it is that politicians have been kicking or ignoring for years, right? And this, and this addressed it. But the, 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 this issue was created over several generations. And, and I argued that it's actually unfair to pick one generation at one moment in time and to say, okay, you, you, you pick all of this up. You clean up several generations of failures, right? And so spreading this out, I actually think is a more equitable approach and more uh, politically viable approach. Additionally, you know, for, for, for teachers and those of us that care about protecting teachers and benefits going forward, it, it allowed us to, to do this in a way that didn't, didn't put a target mm -hmm. on on the backs of teachers, right. right? Because teachers, state employees, they're a convenient scapegoat, mm -hmm. right? To what I call the failures of politicians right. And, right. and managers. Um, so, so I think politically, this was it, it was good timing, um, and and the, the strength of the arguments for doing it were on our side. And I think going forward, this this creates a better playing field for teachers to, to negotiate uh, going forward for, for protecting benefits. You know, that's a good segue into a comment from another uh, member, another teacher, about the role that teachers and educators uh, played in shining a light on this issue. Uh, June is a retired teacher from Manchester. She testified before the Teacher Retirement Board last year and said that pensions are really deferred payments for their work with generations of school children. What's, what's your opinion of how you think educators like June 
helped the stakeholders, not just you, but the legislators, look at and address this challenge. I have a deep amount of respect for, for teachers, and some, sometimes you know, society is perverse in how we treat those who uh, give the most uh, to, to, our, to our community and, and society. But I, but I believe that teachers were critical. Um, I mean, d despite, you know, despite some of the challenges that you have at the legislature, teachers are respected. Everyone's had a teacher mm -hmm. in their life. Everyone has had someone who believed in them. And having the power of that, of that force and putting, putting real people, right, as, you know, as persuasive as I think I may be, um, having, having real people who are impacted in their daily lives and their retirement security at the Capitol, making calls, writing, um, I think, I, I, I just think it was invaluable to this effort. Agreed, agreed. Um, so we have one final question for you, and it's regarding the what's next on this front. Um, now that TRBA has approved the stabilization plan, um, we have a question that comes from Kristen. She's an active educator in West Haven, and she asks, um, what will be our focus in terms of protecting this vital public asset um, moving forward? One, you always, with, with, any, with any major piece of legislation, uh, you need a cycle or, or two to preserve it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so I believe we, we all have to be vigilant in that. Um, and we're, we're on a path to be fully funded now over, over a period of years. Um, I will still be interested in looking at ways to potentially accelerate uh, that, that effort, right? So I'm not, you know, the legislature, they're probably tired of hearing from me <laughs> uh, right at this moment. And, but um, but I, think, I think the work that we're doing here, it's, it's not just, and I made this case uh, to the legislature and to the public, it's not just about teachers, it's, it's about our state as a whole. And until we connect those dots um, and understand it, so preserving the gains that we've just made, um, I think is, is critically important. Great, and, and we're looking forward, to, obviously, to working with you on that, Sean. So, after our discussion, I think listeners completely understand why we wanted to speak to you about this issue. Um, your answers to our members' questions is greatly appreciated, and um, thank you again, and also for hosting us here at your office. Yeah, and I just I want to thank CEA and AFT again for your strong partnership uh, in this. As you know, it was touch and go on some days, mm -hmm. and you know I'd call you. Uh, so thank you, and I look forward to our continuing relationship. Well, and thank you for your great efforts and being a champion on this. You really helped get this passed, and that was a huge, huge accomplishment. And Don, I want to thank you for being part of this latest podcast um, here in Connecticut and at the national level. Also, our movement is really united, and we work together on issues, and it really demonstrates that, that bond that we have. Well, Jan, uh, thank you very much for the invitation to participate. This has been great, and teaming up to protect members' retirement security has been a good example of AFT's slogan about putting the you and I in union. Thank you. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and finally, I want to thank our members um, of both of our unions for listening to this latest episode of AFT in Action. And as always, I hope they come away with, from this conversation informed and engaged. And 
I really hope our members will consider sending questions for our next episode, which will be part two of this retirement security series. We'll talk about the issues from the state workers' perspective and focus on recent efforts to achieve greater stability and reduce costs for public employees. Members can send their questions or feedback by email to actnetreply at aftct.org. That's A-C-T-N-E-T-R-E-P-L-Y at sign aftct.org. Plus, we've set up a line at our AFT Connecticut headquarters specifically for our podcast so members can leave a message with their comments or questions and they will be played on future episodes. Please dial 860-257-9782 and ask for extension 116. That's 860-257-9782 extension 116. I'm looking forward to literally including members' voices in our next episode. And thank you in advance for your participation. That's a wrap for this latest edition of AFT in Action. Additional episodes are available at our Podbean page and social media channels, all of which can be found at aftct.org. Like what you heard? Then share with fellow members and encourage they give it a listen too and help build the power of the UNI in union.